You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And it's another Monday. Uh, it's another losing Monday. Uh, <laughs> I'm here with Louis Ragoni. It's just another manic Monday. Oh, I don't wish it was Sunday. <laughs> now, you're trying to, to be funny, aren't you? I, I used to enjoy Sundays very much. Yeah, I remember that. But You know, you- we did something this week that I don't think we've done in franchise history. And what's that? Lose to a team that's lost 20 straight. I mean, I don't think we've ever done it. The closest we've come to doing that was when we lost to the Bills in 1980 after beating them 20 straight times. Okay. So how about the fact, throw in that, okay, you got that, great. Okay, let's throw something else on top of that. How about the fact that two weeks in a row we played teams that did not have a win four games into the season, right? and we lost to both of them. I guarantee you that we probably have never done that either. Back-to-back weeks losing to teams that did not have a win leading up to the game against us. Yeah, maybe in the expansion years, but I, probably I, not. I don't know. I have no idea. All I can tell you is, is that I don't remember a time where we had two games in a row where we were playing teams that came in without a win and we lost to both. Um, I, yeah, I don't I, know what more to say. I mean, I yeah, think that says there isn't much more to say. You know, it was not not what we expected to see when we turned the game on. I mean, granted, I did predict them to lose. So you did, fl- Mike. I did. You so pre- I can't, I can't fully score? say that. But huh? What was your score? I, I think I, I think I said twenty to seventeen. I yeah, think was, you uh, were yeah. damn damn close, and I said twenty thirteen yeah. or something to that effect. So. I had our score right, but I didn't have Jacksonville's score right, so um, I dropped the ball there. But anyway, it is what it is. Look, it's it's hard to pick these scores, and it's hard to pick these games <laughs> because these teams are just not, you know, there's no consistency. The only thing we're doing consistent, consistently is losing, and that's that's not good. But Oh, we're, yeah, we're very consistent, Mike. I mean, I will say that. I mean, it was um, – I think – you know, if you looked at the team Sunday, I think they played better than they had played previously. In most aspects, I think Tua came in. I think he did spark the team a little bit. Uh, they came out that first drive. They zipped down the field. They looked good. I'll so, give you that. I'll give you that. They did look good. There are positives that come out of that, but keep in mind the competition that we're playing. Now, um, you don't have to ruin it, do you? Well, I'm not trying to ruin it. I'm trying to I mean, to they be, lost 20 in a row for a reason. <laughs> I'm trying right. I'm trying to be exactly. I'm trying to be as as positive as as you possibly can to an extent. I mean, let's not, you know, sit there and say, "Hey, you know, wow, we went against 
a great team. Like, I mean, you look at Seattle last night, and, you know, I always like to compare games, and you, you saw them go in without Russell Wilson. Right. And, I mean, just tooth and nail, damn near beat Pittsburgh on their home field. I felt bad for Geno. I did, you know, and I, I was, really felt bad for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, he it, it, what could he do? I mean, TJ Watt, you know, I mean, it, it it just drives me crazy, Mike, because you know, we talked about this a little bit last night I called you and um uh, I don't think you were aware of this, but I made you aware of the fact that he was on the board back in 2017. And we decided to take a gentleman by the name of Charles Harris. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I knew that. Yeah, with yes. T.J. Watt on yes. the board. And this is why this is why we are where out. we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we've been talking about these most current drafts. But go back to 17 and 18 and the impact players that were on the board when we drafted. And how the hell Greer is still around is just beyond me. And, you know, I've been preaching this for, for you know, shit since last year. You know, now everybody's on board with that. But, you know, this is, I've been following him and what he's done for years, and I've never been happy with him because you look around the league, you see how other teams have these just impact players. And and you saw the difference, right? When the game was on the line, what happened? TJ Watt came up, made the big play, and the game's over. They win it, right? Every team seems to have these type of players, with the exception of the Miami Dolphins. And this is over like a 20-year period. I mean, me and you can count on one hand how many impact players we've had over the last 20 years. And that's pretty- Cameron Wake, Rashad Jones, uh, Howard, who yeah, else? Yeah, and I mean, you know, Rashad Jones, I think, is somewhat of a stretch. You know, I think- Maybe. That, you know, X-Man, you know, it makes plays in big, in big situations. You know, I'll, I'll say him and Cam came up in, in games, you know, with, with big plays, but- uh, I mean, offensively, we've been challenged forever. You're going back 20 years. I mean, there's others you got to throw in there. There is. I mean, I'm sure there's guys we're forgetting, Mike, but there's not many is the point. I mean, if you can't think of somebody right away that comes to mind, (laughs) then that says that says If we're going back 20 years, I can think of JT and Zach Thomas, right? Uh, I think I don't know if they were around twenty years ago. Were they were they around into the twenty two thousand season? I should say I don't I know. Think so. I, I think don't know. So. I don't know. I don't know. I think they were more nineties guys, but that's neither. No, here they nor weren't. There. No, they weren't. You're forgetting. We saw we saw Jason's last game at uh, Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. That's after he came back, Mike. After yes. going to Washington and that's New York, true. you know that's true. But he was still playing. That's my point. Right. But not not in his prime and not the impact player, you know. Listen, it, it, you get my point. We yep. just don't have, you know, a T.J. Watt. We don't have these type of guys. I mean, you know, you look at J.J. Watt over in Arizona, and, and the guy made a difference in that ball game, you know, and he's what, close to 40? I don't even know how old he is. <laughs> his older brother, and he's still out there making plays and making an impact in games. I mean – you know, there's got to come a point where, you know, we, we get these type of players that change games and win games for you. Every team needs it. It's football season, baby, and you know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through Harris has never been easier, and it's time you join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using code FINFANS at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. 
It's three and out the window with all other trimmers. Now go tame that Wildcat offense. The world is starting to open, and the Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts Performance Boxer Briefs and the Shed Travel Bag. The Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped is the perfect package for your package. And a key for great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take your defense to the next level. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn on a 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Rain, snow, or sleet are no match for the waterproof power of the 4.0. There's no 15-yard penalty for this clipping. The package also comes with the Weed Whacker. This elite nose and ear hair trimmer is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This trimmer also has proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After trimming your footballs, show them some love with Manscaped liquid formulations. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner are here to take your ball game to the next level. We have an exclusive offer for our audience. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FINFANS at manscaped.com. Manscaped also threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code FINFANS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FINFANS Stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs this year with Manscaped. You know, you look across the board, X-Man wasn't on the field. And um, past that, you know, you're looking for any kind of hope. And, you know, you had some guys that had nice games yesterday. Um, Tua comes to mind uh, specifically. I mean, I thought he looked very, very good yesterday. He, um, he seemed like he was in control. He looked, def- you know, he was definitive in his I decisions. would say he looked as good as I've seen him look in our uniform. Let's put it that way. He looked, right, the Arizona game last year, he looked similar to that, maybe even a little bit better. I think better because I think he was in more, he was in better control of the passing game. Yes, he was. Um, you know, he, he was on target most of the day, which was nice. Um you know, he completed 33 of 47 passes. Um, uh, you know, to the to the receivers' credit, yesterday they made plays. They all caught the ball. I don't remember many drops at all yesterday. I, you know, I thought that the receivers, minus the guys that we had, our top three basically off the field. Um, I thought they did a really good job in moving the football. Um, in the first half, the second half left a little bit to be desired. It was a combination of things. You know, the tour interception definitely hurt. I mean, you know, our defense comes up with a big play. We give it right back a play later. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what happened on that play. It looked like he had a perfect pocket. Um, I don't know who he was throwing to. It looked like he just used um, bad mechanics, threw off his back foot, didn't get enough on it. 
and uh, the ball just kind of was a lame duck out there, and it was just a, you know, it was just a he he handed it to him. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to give the defense credit, but on that play, the guy was just sitting out there in no man's land, and the ball, he's like, hey, you know, what's going on here? The ball came right to him. So past that, he played an exceptional game. He ran a couple of times um, in nice situations. I mean, three rushes for 22 yards, and they, they, they were all, for, I believe, for first downs or close to it. You know, he, he, he moved around the pocket pretty well. I thought he did an exceptional job yesterday. And that's, you know, that's going to be to his game. What you saw yesterday, yep. Mike, is, is going to be to his, to his game. It's, yeah, he, it's, he had two uh, passes batted and he had two passes dropped. Right. Okay. Not horrible. Out of mm-hmm. close to 50 attempts. Yeah. No. You know, two, okay. two drops. I mean, God, we've had guys drop four. You know, you know one guy dropped four yep. in a game, you know? So, you know, with all that being said, you know, Tua had a decent game. I felt that, um, you know, Gasecki, you know, if you, if you take out all the stupidness that comes behind every damn reception, I mean, he had eight receptions, and on every single one, it was one thing or another. And I know that the one time he was pleading his case, I don't even remember if it was on a reception. I think it was on another, somebody else's reception or a run where he was blocking downfield and, and they picked up the flag. You know, he was yep. uh, laboring yep. and, and they yep. wound up picking up the flag. But it's one thing or another with him every time he catches the ball, but I felt he had a decent game. He had a great game. Um, Waddle had a nice game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 10 catches, Mike, 70 yards. What does that average out to? That's, that's the negative. He's the running game. That's the negative. I mean, 10 catches, 10 catches, 13 targets, 10 catches, 70 yards, seven yards, a reception. Top 10 pick. Seven yards. He's the running game, Lewis. Yep. I mean, that's, uh, listen, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, we talk about this all the time. Don't understand the reasoning, but game in and game out. You know, I, I'd like to come in here, Mike, one week on a Monday and say, wow, they threw the ball down the field to our number one pick and gave him opportunities to make plays down the field, not you do know he is the rookie, he's the rookie receiver with the most receptions. Yeah, and he's probably the rookie receiver receiver with the uh, least amount of yards per catch, Mike. So that that you take with a grain of salt. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but you know it is what it is. I mean, shit, me and you can catch balls five yards off the line of scrimmage. <laughs> I would think. Who knows? But anyway, um, I felt the offensive line played a lot better. Now, again, you know, you're going against a defense that was not very good, but it is the NFL and every week's a different challenge. And I felt that watching the game, you know, with the naked eye, um, you know, I felt they had a better game Tua had time to throw. Tua didn't get hurt. He didn't get hurt. And he, I, I don't know if he got sacked. I don't think he did. I so, don't think he did either. How about that? There's a revelation in Dolphin Land. We play Buffalo in a couple of weeks. Don't get too happy. Yeah. Well, take it week to week, Mike. We got a game in between <laughs> that. Okay. You're getting way too far ahead of us. We're getting too far ahead of ourselves. But the point is, is that, you know, I felt the offensive line played a little bit better. So there were positives. You know, Ogba, I felt, had a, a nice game pressuring the quarterback. Uh, I saw Holland around the ball quite a bit. Uh, he seems to be 
getting more and more playing time over McCourty. I think yep. he's now our safety, and, and that's what they're rolling with. With all that being said, you're minus your three top receivers, your two starting corners. You throw that factor in, and I felt that we played about as good as we possibly can. You know, the problem is, is that we're not as deep as we expected to be, right? We expected more. You know, when you have your three top guys going down, you expect more out of an Albert Wilson, right? Right. You know, you expect more out of um, Igbenogany, a number one draft pick when your two starting corners are down. I mean, he's a number one pick. You know, you, you rated him so high coming out of college, you know, a year and a half into his career, you know, he should be capable at this point. And um, we just don't see it. You know, the thing that frustrates you is, is that, you know, Flores is getting a lot of slack. You know, some of it may be warranted, but not most, not most of it. I think that um, with the hand that he's been dealt, as you look around this team, and you look at the personnel that, that are on the field and the number one draft picks that are basically failing at every turn, um, you've got what we're looking at, a one-in-five football team. And, um, you know, I know he's responsible for, you know, getting the team prepared. You didn't see a lot of penalties this week, so I felt that that was a positive. You know, you felt, I felt that both sides of the football played a pretty solid game for the most part. You know, but again, you know, they're, they're trying to tinker, Mike, with so many different things. And sometimes you can only do so much with what you have to work with. And that's what we're facing right now with this football team. You know, you turn to guys, you expect them to step up, and they're not getting the job done. And it's, you know, it's as simple as that. What I want to know is who's responsible for deciding when to challenge that's a whole other thing. And, and we can get into some of the coaching decisions, you know, and some of the, you know, the calls from upstairs. Uh, yeah. I mean, now, could that ball have touched his finger? It's very possible, right? Um, very possible. Every time I look at it, it looks like it did. It did. But it has to be 110% certain. And yet when you looked at that, you couldn't tell that. So they made the right decision in the end. Now, it looked like it breezed, it breezed his pinky or whatever the hell finger it hit. It doesn't really make a difference. The point of the matter is, is that the, cup, the, the two challenges were just, they weren't smart. They just weren't. Well, that was um, my point when I asked the question, because neither yeah. of those plays should have been challenged. They shouldn't have. Um, and then we didn't have the opportunity, and I don't know if we would have, but we've, we could have threw the flag, and then they could have looked at it. But Late in the game, when Gusecki reached out on his catch, it looked like before he went out of bounds that he, he reached the ball yep. to the first down marker. And I, I'm surprised that they didn't look at it upstairs. Uh, because It was it, close. It, it, it was close, but it was close enough to look at it, and they didn't. And... Um, you know, maybe when you're one and five and you're oh and uh, you're you're one and four and you're oh and five, you don't get the respect that you know the the Brady led teams do to you know for these people to look at that. They're like, ah, whatever, let's go. You know, let's get this game over with. It's it's the, the Miami Dolphins and the Jackson. I don't know what the reasoning was, but they should have looked at it. 
Because I felt that he, if he didn't get it, he was with an inch of getting it or a well, couple it was, of it inches. It was 11 o'clock in the morning. It wasn't like they were rushing home for dinner. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> but again, you know, you don't have that opportunity to throw the red flag or whatever. And again, Mike, this comes from upstairs. You know, what yep. they should have did was they should have said, they should have called down the floors and said, hey, have the refs take a look at this because he's damn close to getting that first down. And inevitably, we don't pick up the first down and we lose the football yeah, the, game. The guy in New York has to say, hey, guys, I think you need to do it. Right. Now, that covers your guys upstairs and the guys making the decision in, you know, in regard to challenging and not challenging, blah, 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 blah. Now, now let's go into coaching decisions, right? And the fact that we continue, continue, regardless of who we're playing, regardless of the situation and the importance of the situation, we continue to attempt to run Malcolm Brown <laughs> Into our behind our offensive line, either into the end zone or for a yard to pick up a first down. Now, we watched this go on against the Raiders down by the goal line to where Brissett had to throw two guys off him and running into the end zone on fourth down to tie that game up, right? So, you would think that our offensive coordinators at this point have realized that you know what, it's probably not smart to run Malcolm Brown behind our offensive line off guard, which I swear is, and Mike, I swear it's the same hole that they try to run through every single time they're down by the goal line or they need a third or fourth and short. It seems to be off right guard behind Hunt. And guess what? It hasn't been very successful, and it wound up costing us this football game, in my opinion. Now, Mm -hmm. it's, it's only one play, but it's at a point where you have to come up with your best play, right? I mean, if I'm a head coach or I'm an offensive coordinator in the NFL, I'm sitting there at night because I was thinking about this as I was laying in bed last night, and I'm I think sure about were. it. I think about it every damn week, and I think about what I would do, okay, in these situations as an offensive coordinator and in practice all week. I would have five different plays in my playbook that we don't use over the course of a game, but we practice it and we practice it week in and week out. And they only come up when they're absolutely necessary, right? When it's a, when the game is on the line, fourth and one, fourth and one, we're doing something that we haven't done. Uh, you get, you, you have to be deceptive between this, behind this offensive line. We don't have an offensive line that's going to move people off the football. So what do you have to do? You have to have Waddle come behind center in motion to distract the linebackers. You have to do something to throw them just a little bit off mark so we can get that one yard. No, what do we do? We have Tua line up five friggin' yards off the football. And right next to him is buddy Malcolm Brown. And we run a straight handoff into the line. And the guy literally broke three tackles. I mean, I give him a lot of credit because they busted him up mercifully as soon as he got the football. And that's your best play when the game's on the line. Really? That's your best play. That's what you come up with. Horseshit. 
As well, it took, it took two offensive coordinators to come up with that play. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, again, Mike, I, you know, it was mind-boggling to me. I mean, I'm sitting there watching the game, and I see Malcolm Brown, uh, you know, in the backfield. He's not even on the center. If Tua lines up, you know, I remember Brady used to do this, right? And it, it was such a smart play. Brady used to line up in shotgun, okay? And right before the snap, he'd, he'd go up to the line of scrimmage. The minute the center felt his finger on his ass or his hand on his ass, he snapped the ball and Brady just moved forward. Right behind the, the, the few, center. Right behind yeah. the center and it's a first down. Now, I mean, come on, guys. Do something. You've got a 235-pound quarterback that you, that you brought into the game earlier. And you, it, it was a phenomenal play call. He, he play-actioned, you know, they, they thought he was going to possibly sneak. Then he faked the handoff, rolled out right, and they had one of their biggest completions of the game, not to a wide receiver, but to a tight end that's 30 yards down the field. Holy shit, look at this. These guys actually are imaginative, right? But when the game's on the line, that's the best they come up with. I mean, just absolutely frustrating, absolutely frustrating to say the least. Nobody in motion, no jumbo package on the right where you have three tight ends. You throw you throw a pitch out. Get get Gaskin or get Ahmed. Ahmed had the best game on the field. Pitch the ball wide. Maybe bust it all the way for a touchdown. No, you run inside the tackles, you know, in between the center and guard. Something that has not been successful up to this point in this season, and and you fail once again. So hopefully they finally learn their lesson this week and decide that, you know what, guys, we may have to scrap that and maybe go to something different in those situations. But Brissett should have been on the field regardless of the fact. If you're going to run the football, then give him the option of either snap or um, quarterback sneaking it right under center or handing the football off because he can get to the line of scrimmage, see how they're playing it, and audibleize right out of it. And that's it. End of story. No, five yards off the football. And a handoff to our slowest running back. Game over. You guys think That's he's it. hot today? You sure heard him yesterday. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. So, you know, it's, Mike, it's, you know, we've covered basically everything. You know, the, uh, the players on the field, you know, the coaching, decisions upstairs. And this is, you know, all these reasons amount to a one in five record. That's what it boils down to. You know, I mean, there's... It's not like we're getting unlucky where there's a bad pass interference call in the end zone and the guy, you know, runs it in on the next play and we lose. It, it, it's a combination of all of these things, incompetence at every turn. This is the result of that. Austin Jackson with silly penalties, you know, again, you know, on a play that hurt us, uh, you know, early in the game. You know, just all, the, all these things, you know, and... Um, you know, the guys are out there and they're working hard. The players, they really are. I mean, I, I saw a good effort yesterday. Didn't you, Mike? I mean, I, I thought felt- so. I, I, I questioned it more the week before, to be honest with you. But this week, I thought they played hard. I thought they did. I mean, you know, it, it's got to be frustrating for them. But when you, you know, you play hard and you play Jacksonville and you don't win, that's kind of depressing. Absolutely. I mean, you know, this team was minus, Mike three starting offensive linemen, okay? 
I mean, they're bad, but they're even worse this week. I mean, three starting offensive linemen. Dominance. Should have been dominance on that side of the football, you know, in regard to our defense. I know the secondary was was shorthanded, which kind of equaled things out. But my God, our front four should have dominated these guys. You know, you're playing backups. I just well, we're starting backups. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the other thing, you know, we come out of the half and, you know, you think that, you know, the coach is all jacked up. He's in their asses at halftime. Let's go, you know, let's get this done. Offense on the other team comes out every friggin' game and goes right up the field. Like it's nothing. It yep. doesn't matter who. Yep. It doesn't matter whether it's the depleted Colt offense, the Jacksonville Jaguar offense, uh, Buffalo. It doesn't make a difference who it is. It, you know, we're giving it up. The first uh, drive of the second half, it's right up the field. And we go in the tank. It, it, it's, Mike, it's the same formula week in and week out. Zero points in the third quarter for the Miami Dolphins once again. Zero. And they come out, their first drive of the second half. You know, right that's coaching, right? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I, all I can tell you is when I come out at halftime as a player, you know, I, I'm jacked up. I just had a rest. I'm ready to go. We're, you know, we're 30 minutes away from, you know, winning a football game. You know, I'm going full throttle. You know, let's do it. No, they come out and, God, they went up the field like it was nothing. James Robinson, they bottled up in the first half. The second half. 24-yard run on the very first series that they have the football. I mean, it's like, guys, wake up. You're out of the locker room now, okay? You're not in the locker room anymore. You're on a football field, okay? Let's get the job done at some point. Three and out. Get them off the field. Get our offense back on the field. It's the same formula week in and week out. That's what's that's the frustrating thing about it. A lot of people and, that Lewis were saying that uh, it's the, the reason they they're losing the way they are is because they sent away all their veteran leaders. How do you feel about that comment? Well, who are they referring to? Fitzpatrick, um, it's, you know, Fitzpatrick, who do they Patrick Van, Van Noy, uh, uh-huh. just most of the older guys, uh, McCain. I think the McCain and the Van Noy situations basically came down to money. Um, you know, could could we have used them? Possibly. I mean, I think Holland's doing a pretty good job. McCordy's there, and he replaced McCain. I mean, you got McCordy out there, you know, on on the field. You had Brissett out there the last couple of games. You know, who's who's a veteran at this point? I mean, he's been in the league three different teams now and you know four or five years as a quarterback in the nfl you know when two was on the field maybe you can make a case for that because they did have a young team you know across that line uh, but you know what mike you know you get let's go back to the coaching a minute because you did mention you know it's coaching and and i and i was getting to this in regard to flores that's where the coaching comes in you know, as, as a head coach, you have to motivate these guys coming out of the locker room to say, hey, guys, you know what? You guys have dropped the friggin' ball in every game this year. I mean, show some pride in what you do and stop somebody coming out of the friggin' locker room. And, you know, I, and I, I think that that's where Flores has to be blamed because he's not, these guys are not getting the job done. That's the bottom line. There's a lot of reasons as to why. That's only one, one factor, and I think that's the smallest factor out of all of them. But Flores is somewhat to blame. Should he lose his job over it? Absolutely not. 
Because if he had a couple of playmakers on this football team on both sides of the field, you'd see a difference. And, um, you know, we'll just leave it at that. Now, you know, in re- again, back to the veteran situation, Mike, um, you know, they're young. You know, on the offensive line, you know, they don't really have a veteran other than Jesse Davis, and he's probably the worst of, among the group. Right. So, um, you know, the receiving court, you know, with all the guys that are out, you know, you have Waddell out there. You just don't have a lot behind them. You had Hollins, you know. Well, these Albert t- Wilson's been around a while. Yeah, he has. But I don't know how many plays he actually played yesterday, Mike. I saw a lot of double tight end sets, which I didn't mind. I felt that, you know, it, it, they did a pretty good job. Smythe was on the field quite a bit. I mean, look, Smythe had five catches for 59 yards, and Kaseki had eight for 115. Yeah. When was the last time you saw two tight ends on our team combined for 13 catches and 175 yards? I mean, that's production out of, out of your two tight ends. Now, that worked. And maybe we'll see more of that. You know, maybe we'll see more of two receiver, two tight end sets because it seemed to help um, in regard to our offense being able to at least move the football at times. So we'll see. But again, you know, the veteran situation, you know, there's guys out there. I don't buy into that. I really don't. I mean, you know, when you lose a guy like Fitzpatrick, I think it makes a difference. I really do. You know, maybe Van Oy. I mean, he was out quite a bit, Mike. And I'll tell you, the defense didn't really suffer when he was not in there. Um, you know, the few games that he missed. I felt they, were, they, they played just as well with or without him. Well, that may be true, but he's still there to, you know, ask questions off yes. of you know, that yes. type of thing. Well, I think they brought McCordy in to replace him in that aspect, right? Uh, maybe they undervalued him, Mike. I don't know, but again... This, you know, if people are complaining about that, this falls back to our personnel decisions and our front office people making these personnel decisions. If you make Van Oy walk and you cut him, you know, because you're bringing in, you trade for McKinney, McKinney gets cut before the season even starts, you know, because you figured that he would be his replacement, right? right. Well, guess what? You failed. You failed yeah. us. You failed the Dolphin fans. You failed us. And you continue to fail us in every way, shape, or form with the decisions that you make. And that's the bottom line here. They haven't made good decisions. I mean, do they hit on one here and there? Agba? Yeah, they hit on him. Great. But, you know, they, they didn't hit on four others. You know, every, every guy they, you know, they, they signed this year has not panned out. You know, McCourty is, you know, maybe he's a leader on the bench or whatever, but you know, Holland's had his job now for the last couple of weeks for the most part. So, yeah. you know, I mean, maybe they brought him in just to be an extension of the coaching staff. I don't know what their reasoning is, but the point is, is that they're not making decisions, you know, and we talk and we compare over and over again. Let's, let's go to the fourth down play, Mike, right? Let's go back to that for a minute. And, Hold on. And, let's, let's pause for a minute because I got to get in a word sure. about DraftKings and okay. uh, then we'll come back. NFL fans, are you hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings won't leave you uh, empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. 
DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and win $200 in free bets if they win, you win, with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Lewis. So let's go back to that fourth down play, right? So you've got a below-average offensive line. Why do we have an, a below-average offensive line? Because our great leadership decided that uh, we didn't need another offensive lineman high in the draft, okay? Now, let's go a step further. The guys running the football on fourth and one. We go out and we sign Malcolm Brown. That's what we do in the offseason. We sign Malcolm Brown, and our backfield consists of Malcolm Brown, a seventh-round draft pick in Gaskin, and Ahmed, who was a free agent, right? Right. He was a free agent rookie that we picked up, and he made the squad. These are your three running backs. These are the decisions that you make. You do not have the personnel to pick up a fourth and one because you undervalue. You undervalue the importance of this. If you had a Jonathan Taylor in the back or any number of guys, maybe you get that first down on fourth and one. It's that simple. And and this is why we're failing. And, and I hope Dolphin fans understand that. It's not Flores. It's not one thing. It's, it's decisions that we make as an organization. You had an opportunity to get Najee Harris. Now, you watched the game last night, right, Mike? I did. The guy didn't come off the field. He caught, I think, 10 passes, mm-hmm. ran the ball 20 times, and did not come off the field. I think he was off the field for a total of two plays, and that's what he does Every single game. That's a game changer. That's a game changer right there. We decide to go in a different direction, and we do this year in and year out, and it's very frustrating. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I have this opportunity to, you know, to, uh, to, vent. to vent. It's a positive thing because I'm going to feel a hell of a lot better after we get off, the, get off this thing, Mike, and uh, finish recording it. But, um, I hope people understand that this is where we're at. So when people talk about, oh, Waddle, you know, this and uh, Phillips that and all this other stuff, and, you know, we're, we, we went in a different direction. We're talking about the importance of a running back, a guy that can make a difference in a game and an offensive lineman that can just dominate, that you can run behind them in these situations. Now you have an understanding as to why we feel that way, okay? And so it is what it is. So next year, guys, I don't want to hear crap going into the draft about (laughs) this and that and all this other nonsense. I want to hear about a dominant offensive line that's going to throw somebody's face in the dirt and then step on him as he's walking away. And I want to see a running back that is capable of doing things on his own. A guy like a Ricky Williams, anybody, 
that comes Who even. Who wouldn't want a Ricky Williams? Well, anybody close to that, Mike, I'll be happy with. Jonathan Taylor is just an incredible guy. Incredible. Do you know, Mike, we dra- not only did we pass up on him when we drafted Igbenogany, but we also passed up on him again because we had a second pick in the second round and we took Hunt uh-huh. over, over him. We had a second opportunity to draft Taylor and we didn't. So there you have it in a nutshell, guys. We're one in five. That's the explanation behind it. If you're looking for answers, you just got them. <sighs> Take a breath, Lewis. All right, go ahead, Mike. Now you can now you can vent your for your couple of minutes before we have to sign off. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, I can't argue with you. You know, they make bad decisions. Now, look, after the draft, I like the draft picks. I'm not going to lie to anybody. Uh, uh-huh. You know, I liked who they chose. I think Waddle's going to be a good player. I hope Phillips is going to provide pass rush. But if you're going to ask me which I'd rather had. Who did I say I wanted a draft time, Lou? All right, Mike, we, we were on the same page. And and you said the key word. You liked, not right. loved. Right. You got to love. You got to love coming out. I love this pick. Oh, my God. This, this is exactly what we need. I exactly. love it. Exactly. Exactly. We were but- like, okay, yeah, I like Waddle, but – yeah. Um, you win you win in the trenches. You always have and always will. Just the way the game works. That's and you, the way the game works. Trenches have to be able to compete. You can't have your offensive line blown back five yards and expect your quarterback to do well. Yep. And if you're going to draft a guy that high, then utilize him in that way. Right. Don't throw the ball to him within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage 13 times get a him, game. Get him downfield and maybe score a touchdown. Right. <laughs> And if he's not capable of doing that for whatever reason, because I don't know, me and you ask this question week in and week out, then why did you draft him? You failed in drafting him to begin with. If he's going to be just what he is right now, that's not good enough. That doesn't warrant a top 10 pick. It doesn't. It just doesn't. No, I agree. And and really, it's two top 10 picks, right? Oh, yeah, because you, you gave up a pick. Yeah, well, it's 12 and it's a 12 and inside top 10. That's yes. what it is. I yeah. mean, you know, it, it, but that's crazy. I mean, you know, we, we that's can, crazy. Yeah, but. we can it is crazy. I mean, we that's a whole other story, Mike, when you yeah. talk about what we gave up to move up in the draft. I mean, that that's a whole other avenue that I don't even want to aggravate myself with tonight. But the thing is is that, you know, even with our second pick with Phillips and I like the pick too. I liked it. It's keyword again. I like the pick, but I would have loved Najee Harris in that situation. Loved yeah, and, it. And you made it. that known, I think. Yep. I mean, so, you know, we're at where we're at because of what we did. And, you know, Phillips, to me right now, Mike, you know, and I, I don't want to sound negative, but to me, he seems like a one-dimensional player. And where he got drafted in the draft, he has to be an all-around player. He has to be able to play that position and be on the field 90% of the times. So, I mean, I know guys, you know, rotate in and out. Cameron Wake did it. But he has to be a guy that's a difference maker and being on the field, hitting a running back in the backfield for a three-yard loss. He's got to be your, your T.J. Watt, you know? Yes, <laughs> That's what exactly. you're looking for with that pick. You're looking Absolutely. for somebody who is going to dominate. Exactly. You have to have these type of guys. When you're, you know, your first round picks have to be your game changers. They have to be. If you get lucky 
and you get a guy like X-Man out of the first round, fantastic. You know, that's, 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 that the just makes you a better football team. That's the cherry on top, Mike. Yep. yep. You know, so, you know, Zach Thomas in the fifth, you know, absolutely. Listen, there, there's a bunch, listen, Gaskin in the seventh round as a backup, you know, as a guy to spell your starter. Sure. Fantastic. He's a steal, but you know, as you're starting running back, I mean, you know, we see, you know, at, the more you see of guys, the more you understand their capabilities. And Gaskin can only take you so far as you're starting running back. It, that's, it's that simple. I personally think that Ahmed is going to exceed him at some point in regard to, Ahmed just seems like a, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and maybe even a little bit faster. I don't know who's faster. Yeah, I think he's faster. I do. Yeah. I mean, so I think eventually, you know, you saw a little bit of that this week, right? You know, you saw Ahmad. Uh, I believe he had he out carried uh, Gaskin this week. He had more carries than Gaskin, Gaskin had a sloppy game. He did he had a sloppy game. He doesn't block very well, you know, when he's in there in passing situations. So, but these are the limitations. You know that when you're drafting a guy in the seventh round, he's of there course. for that reason. Of course, you know. So at some point, people, we have to address certain things. We can't year in and year out say, yeah, you know what, we're adequate. We're okay. No, we're not. We're below average. We've been below average running the football. It's that simple. The Indianapolis Colts have now what? Won two, three games in a row, and they've been competitive week in and week out. Uh, They've got a running game. You know, Jacksonville, as bad as they are, sixth best rushing team in the NFL. Uh, Their problems lie on the opposite side, their defense. But their running game, it's there. Sixth best in the league. You know, there's a. They've got two good backs. Unfortunately, uh, Etienne got hurt, right? He's out for the year. Yeah, but, there uh, you Exactly. What did they do, Mike? They had James Robinson mm-hmm. and they come back and take Etienne. They take another running back. So, you know, don't tell me there's no importance in, in the running back position because I watch games day in and day out on a Sunday, on a Monday, and on a Thursday, like you talked about in the last <laughs> podcast. And I watch running backs making big, big plays in football games, game in and game out. There's an importance there, guys. And, you know, do you want to know what that importance is more than anything else? Go ahead. It gives your team a physical presence. And that's something that we don't have. Agreed. We have soft guys all over the right. place. Two are right. small, undersized quarterback. Waddle, wide receiver, undersized, maybe not a very big guy. Phillips, small. Philip Small, Gasecki, soft as they come. You know, I hope he's not listening, but it, it is what it is. I, he had an opportunity to, to go for another 10, 15 yards on a ball that he caught 20, 30 yards down the field, and he stepped out of bounds. And then he did his dance and did all kinds of crazy shit. Now, I would have loved for him to do a dance after he cut back in and maybe tried to get even more out of that play. But he was content. And you, you, see, you ever see Kelsey do that? I don't think so. Kelsey, you might, or Kittle, oh my God, you might as well forget it. Those guys aren't stepping out of bounds. They're trying to cut. Right, they're looking for somebody to run over. They're trying to run over or cut on somebody. 11 guys, it doesn't matter. They're going to try and take on every single guy one after another. You know, our team is soft. You know, Austin Jackson, same thing. I don't think he's a physical presence at all. Jesse Davis, same thing. I mean, look, you know, 
these guys, you know, I hope I don't run into them in a, into a bar or something after they listen to something like this, but that's the way I see it, people. We're not a physical team by no stretch of the imagination, especially on the offensive side. And you hit it right on the button, Mike. At some point, you've got to get some guys in there that people are going to be like, oh, shit, this guy is going to eat my lunch all day, and I'm just going to have to do the best I can against him. Mm-hmm. You know, Gaskin and Malcolm Brown are not scaring anybody right. when they come into playoffs. Right. And they aren't helping you on fourth and one. So, all right, Lewis, with that, I think we'll uh, wrap it up. Uh, you don't have anything, any more venting to do, Mike? I could vent all night, but people aren't going to want to hear it. <laughs> they might. I don't know. Could be a nice release for them as well, listening to it. Right? No, I think I think most of them that I know were venting to me already today. <laughs> yeah, uh, you deal with that all day on the page. Uh-huh. I get it. You see, Mike, you have the opportunity to do that and interact uh, most of the day. I, you know, I just don't. So this is my release. So you know, I I appreciate you allowing me to do it. I get it. I get it. I hope everybody else appreciates uh, me letting you do it. Uh, I hope so. I hope they comment and, you know, one way or the other. If they don't like it, I, I hope they comment just the same. I really do. I've got thick skin. It does not make a difference to me. Um, it does make a difference to me, but it doesn't make a difference to me if, you know, if you don't like it. You know, I can sit there and take it and I'll tone it back a bit, you know, but, you know, I'm just. You don't mind to- a differing opinion, is what you're saying. Not in the least, not at all. And right. if they don't like us, and I wouldn't say negative. I think that, you know, we try to be as realistic as possible um, under the circumstances. I think that there's a lot of frustration out there, and I think people feel the same way. Well, um, you know, there are people that make excuses. Yeah. And they just make excuses, and they make excuses, and then they make more excuses. And, you know, everybody is great. It's nobody's fault and that's the way it is and flores has got to go he's the reason and that's it right they pick on one particular individual right or one. It, it, it goes different ways but the bottom line is there's a lot of problems on the football team and hopefully they can straighten them out i mean you know flores says it's all on him and of course he's saying that because he's the coach and that's what he's supposed to say but you know they've got to figure it out because this is unacceptable and they know it so uh if they want to keep their jobs they got to fix it Mike, you know, this is the hand we've been dealt. Yep. And unfortunately, we've got to deal with this for another 11 games. It's not even a 16-game season this year. Yeah, we get an extra week. We get an extra week. Lord help us. And this would have been our bye week, but we asked to have it later. Now, they could really use that bye week right now. So, you know, I'm not really (laughs) going to second-guess that decision because they had no way of seeing this coming. But, you know, it's just the way it works out, you know. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I think that a bye week early in the season because of the amount of injuries we've had maybe would have helped Mike, but we don't know where, what position we're going to be in later in the year either. You know, it right. could be 10 times worse. Right, but what I meant was it would have given them time to practice and just get everybody's heads clear and focused on going forward. Yeah, that that that's a definite. I mean, I I agree with you 110% on that. There's no question about it. I mean, maybe they could have regrouped whatever the case may be, Mike, but you know what? The bottom line is anything we do as an organization right now will only take you so far. I I've got news for you, Mike. I mean, I'm not going to be shocked if they make some kind of crazy trade 
before this trade deadline. And I'm not talking about Deshaun Watson. I'm talking about maybe X-Man or some, somebody like that. I, Green Bay's trying to get him from what I understand. Yeah, or maybe I mean, it's just rumored. I don't know. But the point is this. If they want to trade him, they'll trade him. I mean, yeah. they, they know he's going to be wanting money at the end of the season, and they have to ask themselves, do they want to pay it? Yep. I mean, you know, right now there's teams out there that can use some of our guys. And I think that, um, you know, this season, you know, and I hate to say this because there's still, you know, we talked about 11 more games, but I mean, this, this is our team. I mean, what, can we get better? Yeah, we can. We definitely can. But, but to, to only a certain extent, we're still going to have limitations in a lot of different, you know, down a lot of different avenues, so to speak. Um, Look, you know, we overachieved last year at 10 wins, and right now we're underachieving at one win. We did. We, so we, we're, we're, prob- we're probably we somewhere in the middle of that, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, you expected the draft picks, Mike, from last year and this year to be, you know, to helpful. be yes. helpful. Right. And up to this point, not so much. Well, Waddle Waddle has been helpful, and I think Holland is starting to come around. You know, I mean, little bits at a time, you're you're seeing it, but you know, it's not impacting the scoreboard right now. You know, it's got to be collectively, Mike. You know, it can't just be one guy on one given day. It's got to be Austin Jackson. It's got to be Tua. Right. It's got to be Waddell. It's got to be Phillips. It's got to be Wilkins. It's got to be all these guys. Yep. You know, you put them on the field together as a group, and that's what they have to do. They got to play as a group. They all got to do their jobs, and they all have to excel. And they're not doing it collectively. So they got to pick it up. All right. You're still venting. Yep. No, just talking. <laughs> I'm done venting. I feel better. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Lewis will be back in a couple of days. Sounds good. Preview Atlanta. Yes. The Falcons. Figure, figure out how we're going to stop that offense, but that's, a whole, nother, that's a whole nother conversation. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. So, All right. All right, everybody. I appreciate you listening. And, uh, Lewis, thanks for joining me. And uh, fins up, everybody. Fins up, Dolphins. All right. That's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care. <laughs>